0: Oh, that was really good. That was awesome. (laughs) I don't even know if we need to go any farther this morning. I think I'm pretty well fed here this morning already. Pastor Scott's here now, so I should probably continue on, though. Oh, it's good to worship God like that. He's the center, He's the reason we're here whether you're online or in person. I hope you felt engaged in that worship this morning online um, because it was really good to gather. It wasn't about who's playing and doing the singing and drums or whatever. It was about worshiping God, wasn't it? Lifting him up. God is so good. We're in our final message here at UDAC uh, for our series called Rooted. Where we're focusing on our core values here at UDAC. And our core values uh, were prayed into and wrestled with uh, a number of years back, and we've been going through them. And um, when I hear the word rooted, uh, I don't know what comes to your mind, but I think of a, I, I, I imagine a picture of a, a great big tree, like an oak tree or whatever, maybe something similar. Well, that's not a tree, but those are roots. But maybe a big, big tree of some kind. That has deep roots that go way down into the ground and way out and spread out. And when you think of just really rooted, you think of that image. That image comes to my mind. And those roots go way down and and it uh, draws on the nourishment that's down in the ground so that it can be the tree that it was created to be. So if it was an apple tree, it's pulling up all those nutrients and nourishments so that it can produce beautiful leaves and eventually luscious apples, Right. Well, as a church and people connected to this church that we call UDAC, University Drive Alliance Church, what are the core values? What are the things that, are, that we're drawing on to be all that we were created and commissioned to be as a church? We've listed them over and over, but here they are again. The first one is God's Word, foundational, the inerrancy of God's Word, the Scripture, super foundational. This is one of our core values, prayer, worship, discipleship, giving, missions, and small groups. And we've touched on six of these core values over the last number of weeks. And today we're going to hit the last one. And if, you, and if you've missed any of them, I would encourage you to go back online and watch it. Because this is who we are as a church. And this is what we are praying into as we uh, decide what we do and where we're going and how this is all going to look as a, as a church. There's only one that you're going to not get on there, and it's our missions one, because we had a couple of our international workers from a, a limited-access country that we had to be careful with, so it's not online anymore. But all the rest are there. Whether it's the first one that Pastor Aaron started on the Word and the importance of the, the, the Scriptures... And then Pastor Scott did a couple on prayer and giving. So important, so foundational for us. Uh, Jamie did one on discipleship, disciples making disciples, a couple weeks ago. And then last week, Pastor Salo did a wonderful job of talking about worship and this value of worship. And he led us this morning, and and the team led us this morning, in a heart of worship. And this isn't about Salo, this is about praising God, right? And so worship was awesome. And so you need to go online and catch any of those messages if you haven't done so already or weren't here in person. Today I'm focusing on this last one, kind of what we call small groups, but I'm really focusing on the heart of small groups, and that is doing life together. Doing life together, and that's the title of this this morning. And we've said this many times around here at UDEC that we are not meant to do life on our own. And this isn't just a great idea that a few of us sat around the table and go, "You know what? We should really, you know, have this value of kind of hanging out and being together and, you know, doing stuff." Like, this just isn't a great idea that we've come up with. This is God's idea, folks. This is in the heart of who God is. He came up with this big idea of doing life together. Not me not Pastor Scott or our elders. This is God's idea. And so whether you're online this morning uh, or you're in person here this morning, this value of doing life together is God's. And it's for our church today and for you that are here. As I was reading and preparing, I stumbled upon this guy who had some stuff that sounded very much like something that I would have said. And, I, and one of the things he said was... Um, Some things that remain the same are, when it comes to church and as we're coming out of COVID and all that kind of stuff, he said one of the things that's really important to remember is the same, some of the things that remain the same are the need for doing life together. And God's Word speaks into this. Tons of Scripture. If you read through the the Bible and you see about the heart of God really is about doing life together. And there's three Scriptures I'm going to touch on this morning that really are uh, foundational when it comes to promoting uh, community and why it's vital for us as Christ followers. And so the first one uh, starts right at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. And you can flip to these passages if you want, but these are just going to be really um, foundational passages of Scripture. Uh, In the book of Genesis, it tells us that man was created in God's image. God said in verse 26 Then God said Let us let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves they will reign over the fish of the sea the birds of the sky the livestock all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground So God created human beings in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them Let us let us, he said, make human beings in our image. Who, who was he talking to? very essence of God is Trinity. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. His very essence is in relationship. And he created us in his own image, in the image of relationship. We were made to be... relationship. We are not made to be doing life on our own. We are made to do life together. And all of the Bible speaks into this. New Testament especially speaks into this whole value of doing life together. Have you seen The Chosen? Uh, It's a free online TV show of the life of Jesus' followers and his disciples. Uh, we've been watching this uh, production quite closely uh, over the last couple of years and have really enjoyed it as a family. And you can uh, get the free app on your phone and cast it to your TV, or you can go to um, Angel Studios and you can watch the, the, the shows there. They're, they're really well done. And as much as this production is about Jesus, it's really more about the chosen, about his followers. And especially as you go into season two, and season three isn't out yet. It's supposed to be coming, I think, this year at some point. I don't even know. They haven't la- or said when it's coming out, but they've said it's supposed to be in 2022, so it's coming. But season two really speaks into this value of doing life together as you watch his followers and his disciples doing life as they follow Jesus. It's pretty good. And we don't know for sure that this is exactly how it went Um, as you watch this production, but as you read through the Gospels and this interpretation of life as his followers, very well could have happened just like they portray it in this TV show. Pretty good. Jesus called his followers into relationship and into community with one another. He's calling us into that as well. And the the read the rest of the New Testament... it just talks about it. It just is in assuming that we're doing life together. As it talks about loving one another. As it talks about serving and, you know, to edify each other in the church and going out beyond the four walls, but we're doing this together. It talks about forgiving one another. Like, if you just read through it, it's, it's, it's the essence of the New Testament is about living life together as the church. We are meant to do life together, folks. We're not meant to do life on our own. No matter how complicated or simple or even messy it might look or feel, we are commissioned to do life together. What does it look like for you to do life together with others? It's a good question. Well, Let's take a look at a couple other passages um, that remind us of this value and, and speak into this into the New Testament, Jesus just before he was arrested. The Gospel of John records uh, the prayer of Jesus, John 17. And you can flip there if you want. And this is a wonderful passage of scripture, John 17. Um, Jesus prays for his disciples and all his believers, for that matter. He prays for you and he's praying for me as his follower in this prayer. And I've been reading this chapter over and over over the last few weeks. And there are so many cool nuggets in this chapter alone for you and for me. Because when Jesus prayed this over 2,000 years ago, he was praying for you. He thought of you and he thought of me when he was praying this. Okay? That's really important to remember. I mean, he was was praying for his little clan, his little band of followers, the chosen, the followers, as disciples, yeah, but he also was praying for you, and I'll read this in a second. The main point of this passage, of this prayer, there's a number of things that he speaks into, um, but he's praying for unity and for us to be one, okay? Verse 11 of John 17, and we're just going to read a couple of these different verses. He says, now, verse 11, it says, of John 17, now I am departing from the world They are staying in this world. That's his disciples. But I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are united. And then if you flip down, verse 20. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for for all who will ever believe in me through this message. That's you and that's me, right? I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Look at the depth of unity that Jesus prayed for us to have. He prayed that his followers, you and I, would be one as he says, as we are one. Jesus is praying that his followers would be as close to each other as himself, Jesus, is to God. How close is
1: Jesus and God? Pretty hard to tell, Billy, because they
0: are one. That's pretty close. And he's asking us as his followers, as his chosen, to be that close to each other, to be that unified, to be that connected. According to Jesus' prayer, that is how we're to be as well. That's how unified he wants the church for us to be. How close and how unified are you, are we, today? what does that look like to be unified and to be one? It's really hard to do unity and to be one when we're doing life on our own, off on our own somewhere, isn't it? One more passage I want to touch on, and that's in Acts, Acts 2 in the early church. Uh, Acts 1, uh, we see Jesus ascend to heaven followed by the Holy Spirit coming down upon his disciples for the very, very first time. Pretty awesome, exciting. Then in chapter 2, we see the Apostle Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's preaching, and thousands are coming to the church and being added to the church uh, daily, it says in there. And this is awesome to hear and see this uh, message and and, and the unity that was going on. And, And then in verse 42 you may have heard this verse, spoken about this before, but in verse 42, after you hear all of what's going on in the New Testament or the early church as it's growing, it says, all the believers demote- devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in the meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. The early church focused on the apostles' teaching on one hand. Leaning into that. And then on the other end, they have prayer, which is so foundational. It's one of our core values. But in the middle, there is this, this focus on fellowship and sharing together in meals and caring for one another. When I think of fellowship, what comes to your mind? You might think of hanging out in the lobby afterwards or going for coffee with somebody or having someone over to your place. There's lots of images that come to your mind when it comes to fellowship. You have to track with me because this is a little bit, maybe a little bit out there for some of you. But when I think of fellowship, uh, I think of Lord of the Rings. Okay, just just keep with me. Keep with me. Don't shut off your TV, folks, okay? Stay with me. we watched, we're a Lord of the Rings family, we love it, and we've watched it again at Christmas time, and, uh, and I knew I was going to be preaching this message back when we were watching this at Christmas, and I saw the, in the very f- first film of the Lord of the Rings, it's called The Fellowship of the Ring. And there's a, there's a section that I actually wanted to play it this morning, but Google... Mighty Google won't let us do that, but that's okay. I'll try to explain it, and uh, my kids will keep me honest on this. Uh, I don't do this really well, but in that first movie, at the very beginning, Frodo, the little hobbit, uh, has the ring, and he and his um, little band of friends make their way to Rivendell, um, where they're uh, met and gathered around a group of leaders from Middle-earth to try to figure out what to do with this power, this ring of power. The consensus is that the ring must be destroyed. It has to get destroyed. And the only way to destroy this ring is it needs to get thrown into uh, the fires of Mount Doom in Mordor. Okay? You're with me? And it's, this is the only way to destroy it. And so then they go, who will do this? And they begin to argue. And they're yakking away. And little Frodo speaks up and says, I'll do it but I don't know the way. I don't know the way. And then what happens next is a great picture of doing life together. A fellowship of the ring is created as eight other leaders that were standing around join him, little Frodo, and they pledge themselves to take this ring with Frodo to the fires of Mount Doom to be destroyed. No matter what it takes, they will go the distance with Frodo. And it is called the Fellowship of the Ring. Pretty crazy. And no matter what happened, no matter what adversity was going to come, they were going to stick together. And they do. They face great ad- adversity. Like, it's crazy what they, you know, it's, it's a movie. But it's, it's crazy what they, what, and they actually get separated. But even when they get separated, they still are committed to helping Frodo in any way possible, right to the very end.
1: That is fellowship. That is fellowship. That
0: is doing life together. Man, they did some pretty deep life together, those guys. What does it look like for you to do life together with your people? A couple of weeks ago, wow, this was probably a month ago, Katrina asked me that question, who are your people, Brian? And if and when life gets a little crazy, stuff happens, who are you going to call on? Who are your people? And I thought about it. And so some names came to mind, some uh, faces came to mind. I'm in a little Zoom group that meets uh, every Tuesday morning at seven o'clock. There's uh, five of us. And I would say these are some of my people. And they know the stuff that's going on in my life for the most part. And we lean, lean into each other and we're praying together and doing life together. And uh, there's some others that I would call on that, that I've done either small group with or I've been connected with here at the church or whatever that I would call on as well. And so different people have come to mind as I think of my people doing life together. What about for you? Who would you call on? Or who is calling on you these days? Who are your people? Who are you connected with? And I'm sure that some faces are coming to your mind right now of people that you would connect with or you would call on. And, and maybe you're struggling with that. And so this is something that we need to lean into because we were created to do life together. We were created to be in relationship with people. We are not meant to do life on our own. We are meant to do life together. We heard at the beginning that God created us to be in relationship. Jesus prayed for us to be unified and to be one as the church and as followers of his. And the early church set the example. And we read it about it all through the rest of the New Testament. How is it looking for you these days? Who are you doing life together with? Small groups have kind of taken a hit with COVID these last 18 months or whatever it's been. But don't let that stop you in your tracks. We've created some Zoom groups from some, for some of us men. And we'll start more if we need to. And that's not the end-all be-all of just being in a Zoom group, because that's just a starting point. It's a pretty simple, unthreatening starting point. But there's Zoom groups. There's some ladies' events that have been going on and and are going on, and these are great places to come and connect. There's some if-lady groups. There's different places. There's places to serve here at church. And in so serving, you band around a group of people, and they can become your people as you serve in whatever capacity that might be. And there's us leaders here, the pastors and other leaders, that would love to sit down and chat with you and pray with you and say, hey, how is this going? How can we help you connect, go deeper, find your niche
1: here at UDAC?
0: I'm guessing that for some of us, uh, we already know some, have a little set group of people we might know. And maybe we just need to formalize that little group, create a small group or whatever. Pastor Aaron, I know he's awake today, but he would love to help us move farther down the road in this area. Whether it's a small group or a Zoom group or ladies groups or whatever it might be, young adults have got groups and youth are are connecting. There are places and spaces where we can connect and go deeper. We just have to lean into those. We need to pray into this. That's one of our values. We're not going to do anything here at the church until we pray into it. And so if you're not praying into it and you're feeling lonely or disconnected or apart, then maybe the first thing you need to do is just pray intensely into this. God, I need to find my people here at UDAC. Here's some questions. Uh, Katrina gave these to me here a little while ago, and I'm going to throw them up for you. This might percolate some ideas in your mind, but what does community look like in your life right now?
1: Or how do you want it to look? And again, we can be praying into some of this stuff
0: and asking God to show us, because he's not abandoning us in this stuff. What is getting in the way of having deep community in your life these days? Let's push COVID off to the side, because I know it is the big matzo ball in the room. And it is one of the reasons that community has taken a hit in this last stretch. But God is way bigger than COVID. And we just need to keep leaning into this. What is it looking like for us to be connected, to do community, to reach across the aisle, the fence, the whatever, the lobby, the, those online reaching out and connecting how can you be intentional to spend time building community this week or this month? And I would suggest the first one is prayer.
1: And then listen to what God says to you. Pray and listen.
0: Don't shut the door cuz you whatever have an idea or you whatever, pray and listen. And then come up with one or two steps. One or two things that you can start with. And maybe the starting point is to say, I'm going to pray and fast about this because this is really important. Or maybe it's you got to pick up the phone, text somebody, or call someone and say, you know what, I would love to go for a coffee. Or I'd like you to come over to my place for dinner. We can do that, you know. We can. Or you can meet someone here at the church, in the lobby. Connect with them or go for a walk. We did this. Katrina and I went for a walk last Sunday afternoon with with a couple. It was awesome. It was great. Pray into this and listen and ask God who is it? How is it? What would be the next step or two that I could
1: take? And then
0: let me just talk to those that are online this morning. It's been awesome that we've been able to have an online presence here at the church. But we're not meant to stay online. It's convenient. It's a good place to gather when we're trying to be safe and careful. But at the heart of this is we don't want you to stay there. We want you all back in the house together. And so here, again, I would say pray into this, folks. If you're online this morning... And we're thankful that you're online and that you're there. But we would love to see everyone back in the church together. And that the online is meant to be a place where people, are, if they're sick or you're away, or you're, you're, you need to be extra, extra careful these days, then that's where online is. But my guess is there might be some people that are finding it pretty convenient to be Online. And I don't want you to feel the pressure of that comment, but I want you to know we love you, we care for you, and we are meant to do life together. And you can't experience all of what we experienced this morning, like the worship, the gathering, the the tap on the shoulder, the good morning, the punch, the shake, the, the prayer that might happen after the service when you're online. And as good as Tanya is over there doing online with us, hosting, which is awesome. The in-person stuff is so vital. And so friends, if you're online, be praying into that. When is it the right time to be back in church together? And we need to make space and, and room for people who are maybe a little more cautious than some of us. To be
1: kind and gracious to everyone.
0: This morning the message, the value, this core value that we are rooted in is that we are not meant to do life on our own. We are meant to do it together. And I would encourage all of us, whether you have your little cluster and your little band, but pray into this as a whole church. God, how are we doing at doing life together? Let's not just be us four no more. I've got my little cluster of four, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Maybe I need to be looking across the aisle and say, I need to have another person, another guy in my Zoom group, or I maybe need to start a brand new one, whatever it might be. Maybe I need to find someone I need to go for coffee with or, or to you know, find out who I can pray for or whatever it is. Ask Jesus how we are doing at doing life together we were created to be in relationship with one another. Jesus prayed for us to be unified, to be one, and that is really close. One is close. That is really, really close. I'm not sure we're as close as we could be. these days. And the early church set the example for us as we read through it. And if you read the rest of the New Testament, it just oozes doing life together. If ever there was a time, if ever there was a time for us to be living life together, it is now. And so we're going to close with some more worship because at the end of the day, keeping Jesus the center is so important
1: and he'll lead us from there.